Thanks for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions at all or just want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at mynsc.org. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, let's do it. Um, we have the subject matter, in fact, a new series that we're starting today called Surrender. And, and um, this has been on my heart for quite some time. And um, it really felt like the, this is the timing of the Lord to talk about this. Because I'm seeing something here in America, especially um, that you don't see around the world. Um, and, and a lot of times as Americans, if you don't travel much, you, you think that this is how the rest of the world lives. But this is not how the rest of the world lives, the way that you and I live. Um, uh, what we would consider a bad day is, is an incredible day around the world for most people. The fact that you got to sleep in a bed, the fact that you had covers, the, the fact that you had a pillow, the fact that you had breakfast, the fact that you had clean water. You had air conditioning or heat, as it's been over the last few days, and um, the most of the world doesn't have the stuff that, that you and I have, and, and it's, a, it's a blessing of the Lord upon our lives, but I also want to say this, that what we're seeing in America right now is very troubling to me, especially concerning the church in America, like capital C, the church, now, all of the Christians in America, um, I, what, what I am seeing across this land is a lack of surrender in the life of most Christians, a lack of surrender. And what I mean by that is uh, it, it's happening in, in which people get enough of Jesus where they, they feel like their eternity is secured. They get to go to heaven. Oh, and now that I get to go to heaven, I get to go ahead and live my life however I want to live my life. And, and it's, this, it's this tension that we actually don't read that in the Bible. It's not, in fact, it's not in the Bible. The Bible says that we're to surrender everything that we have to the Lord, like completely and utterly submit ourselves to his control. In fact, that's why we say Jesus is Lord. Like we, we, we and a lot of people just think that, okay, well, that's being, his being the Messiah, his being the Savior. That's true, but Jesus is Lord. Let me ask it this way. Is Jesus Lord of your life, have you have you surrendered everything to the Lord? In fact, number one, write this down. I, I want you to kind of set the stage for this entire series that we'll be in. That a surrender to surrender, it's a battle term, and it signifies the relinquishment of all rights. So it, to surrender means I give up all of my rights and I submit to the one who has conquered me. I submit my life to the victor. I submit my life to, they would say in older terms, the Lord, the Lord of that nation, the Lord of that country, the Lord of that kingdom, however you want to say it, but I, I surrender, so now I'm not in control anymore. He's actually in control of my life. And, and the tension with that, a lot of people don't like the tension with that, and there's reasons why, and that's what we're going to talk about today, that, that there. There is tension. You're going to feel some tension in the room this morning. And in fact, let me say it this way, that as we talk about surrender this morning and talk specifically about areas of our life that need to be surrendered down the road, there's going to be one area that's going to come to your mind today 
I really believe this, and I've heard it, and I've seen it all morning long, that there's going to be one area of your life that you're like, you know what, I know what the Lord is asking me to surrender. And it's this tension in your life that you want to surrender it. You know that the Lord is asking you to surrender it, but it's so difficult to surrender it. And you say, why is it so hard for me just to give this up? Why, why, why can I just not do this one thing anymore? Why do I keep going back to that one thing, that one mindset? Why, why do I keep going back to those words or those choices or the, the, those actions that I make? Why do I keep going back to that addiction? Why do I keep going back? It's this tension. I want to surrender, but I keep going back. And a lot of you are going to just think of that. In fact, a lot of you already have that one thing in mind. You, you already know what that one thing is. And the truth of the matter is, as we live a life of surrender, as soon as I've surrendered something to the Lord and really have experienced freedom in my life, and, I, and, I, and it was like, hey, boy, if, if, if God could just rip this one thing out of my life, then my life would it'd be so much better. Then I'd be free. Then I'd be really free. And, and that thing is ripped out of your life. God somehow delivers you from that, sets you free from that. And, and then all of a sudden, you, 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 you're living life, and God says, oh, by the way, there, I'm not done yet. There's something else I, I want to talk about. And the very things that you used to do that, that were, you, you felt no conviction about, like it was fine if you, if you watched that or if you said that or if you went there, all of, sudden, all of a sudden God says, okay, 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 hey, I'm so proud of you for what you've surrendered to me, but now let's talk about that. And you're saying, well, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that was an issue. And God says, yeah, no, no, that's an issue, and I want you to, I want you to surrender that now. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to. I, I like that. Or I've always done it like this. Or that's never been a problem before. And God says, well, well, now it's a problem. Because for the rest of your life, you are meant to live a life of surrender. And the theological word for that is the word sanctification. And it's this ongoing work of the Holy Spirit that as we live this life, we reflect the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, more and more and more and more. And if you say, hey, today I surrender all, and you really feel that in your heart, to tell you the truth, there's always going to be another thing to surrender. Why? Because you ain't Jesus. Meaning you're not perfect, right? Like you have this tension, you have these battles. You live in a world and you have an enemy that's trying to pull you away from what true surrender looks like to God. And let it never be said of us as a church family that we are okay with living a lukewarm, mediocre Christian life. Can I tell you something? Can I be honest with you? That's what I'm seeing across our nation happening right now. They want just enough of Jesus just to go to heaven, but they don't want to fully surrender to the Lordship of Christ. They don't want to fully surrender and go all in. And they all have their own reasons. Well, I've always dreamed of. Well, I've never wanted to. You, uh, whatever it is for you, I don't know what that is, but I guarantee you there's a tension in your life concerning something that you know the Lord is asking of you, but it's tough. And you have reasons. And, and let, let me say, I have had multiple <laughs> times in my life where I've surrendered something to God. Think, man, if I just got rid of that, I would be so free. And then, then it's like, oh, but now they're, oh, okay, well, there's something else. And, you know, even today, as I, was, as I was preparing for this all week and even praying for you this very morning, I knew that I also had to pray for me. 
Because the, the same thing that it pops up in your mind right now, that, that one thing, that next thing, can I tell you, I have a next thing too? That there's something that God said, okay, well, Justin, I'm, I'm so proud of you for talking to New Song about this, but I want to talk to you for a little while. Okay, God, uh, okay. I knew this was coming <laughs> and I'm ready because I want to live a life of surrender. I want to. And what used to be like, like, I don't want to talk about it becomes now, okay, God, I want to because I really want you to be Lord of all, of me. You know, when I was growing up, uh, my, my mom and dad were in ministry, in full-time ministry. I was a pastor's kid, and I remember, uh, you know, telling them over and over and over again, I, 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 if I said it once, I said it a hundred times, I'll never be a pastor. I'll never be a pastor. And I've, I've always hesitated as to give you the reasons why, like really to really just say what I used to say, because it was so prideful. Even as a child, even as, as a, a young teenager, I would go to my parents and say, I never want to be a pastor. And they would look at me and at first it was like, well, why? Well, then they stopped asking why, because I would just tell them anyway. Ever done that? Like, you don't need to ask why. I'm just going to let you know. I don't ever want to be a pastor because I'm sick of being poor and I'm tired of stupid people. How many have ever met a stupid person in your life? All right. Okay, so, so how many have ever been the stupid person? All of us need to raise our hands. Okay, so we've all been there. We've all been around them. And, and being in the ministry, being a pastor's kid, you get to see things and hear things that a lot of people don't see and, and hear. And I, I remembered even as a child, as a child, I'm talking 8, 9, 10, 11 years old, looking at adults and saying, why would you do that? That's not right. I would literally, as a, as, a, as a child, as a young teenager, I would look at adults who were supposed to be mature Christians, who they would, they would come out and say, oh, I, I just did this, Pastor, what I do? And, I, and sometimes they would confess that in front of me, and I'm looking at them like, you're so stupid. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? And, and then I grow up a little bit, and I found out that I'm stupid too. Have you ever been stupid? You ever did this thing that you said you weren't going to do, and you did it anyway? And you, you sometimes looked at some people like, I can't believe they did that, only to find out later on that you did the same thing that you used to criticize others for, because we all have this tension in our life. We all have this tension. It's a battle. It's a battle. Are we going to surrender to our own desires and to our selfishness and to pride or are we going to surrender our lives to God? How are you going to respond? I, as for me, I want, to, I want to be a follower of Christ. I want to be passionately devoted to him. I want to live a life of surrender. And just like you, there's a battle that happens inside of me, inside of my mind. It's the battlefield of the mind. And we're going to study this today. We're going to, we're going to look at the book of James in just a moment. As we talk about this battle that's happening in all of us, and I want to tell you some unique things about James. James here is a half-brother of Jesus. He's the half-brother of Jesus. And so James was actually known, his historical tradition, so we don't know that this is fact, it's just something that was passed down. Um, but historical tradition says that James, which is Jesus' half-brother, had, had so many calluses on his knees from his prayer time, 
that they would they called they said that he had camel knees that he had the knees of a camel because if you've ever seen a camel um, and we have when we were in Israel these these camels have big calluses on their knees from when they bend down in the sand they you know and let, let people on their back and then they stand back up well James Jesus half brother was said to have had calluses on his knees. They just looked funny from his times of prayer. Also, historical tradition, this is, seems to be very accurate to the vast majority of theologians that, that James was actually thrown off the top of the temple, being martyred for the cause of Christ. And when he hit the ground, he did not die. He wasn't dead yet. So the crowd came down and they finished him off just through beating and through stoning. They ended up killing, they ended up killing James, which by the way, it's just another proof that Jesus was and is who he said he was and who he is. Like, because if, if my brother, in fact, if my brother was here at the second service today, if my brother said, hey, I'm the Messiah, I'm the Savior of the world, how many know that me being his brother, if, knowing that that's a lie, I would not die for his lie, Right? And, and here you have James, the, the brother, the half-brother of Jesus, and Jesus says, I am the Lord. I'm the Messiah. And James actually goes out of his way to say, you need to surrender to the lordship of my half-brother because it turns out my half-brother in this physical life is actually the creator of the universe and the Lord of all creation. And so much so, I believe that so much so that I'm willing to die for it. That's amazing. But nobody dies for a lie. But James gave his life, was certainly martyred for the cause of Christ. And he writes this. Think about this. He writes this from a battle perspective. And I'm going to point that out to you in Scripture. James 4.1. What is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't you, don't, I'm sorry, don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? There we have battle terminology. You want what you don't have, so you scheme and you kill to get it. So you have strategies to get it. And by the way, to kill all of the theologians, they weren't literally killing each other, but the Bible says, if you have lust in your heart, you're an adulterer. If you have hatred in your heart, you're a murderer. So, so he's saying, hey, listen, you, you are so angry and, and you're strategic to get what you want. And you're so angry that you don't have it. In fact, you're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight because you're so angry about it and you wage war to take it away from them. And I highlighted this for you. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Now, in just a second, he's going to talk about impure motives anyway. But he's saying, you don't, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Let me say it in, in, in today's vernacular, in today's terminology, that it, it's sad when you think that joy comes from another source other than God. He's saying, listen, you're, you're trying to get joy in your life, and you're running to all of these sources, but you're not running to the only one who can actually give you joy. You don't have it because you're not going to the source of it. You're running to other things. And how many times, how many times do we do that in our life? Well, if I just had this, I'd be happy. If I just had this, I'd be happy. If I, if I just had this, I'd be happy. Can I tell you, I've lived that life. And once you get that, it's on to something else. Well, now I want, now I'd really be happy if, because if that's your mindset, that stuff brings you joy, 
Can I tell you, you're not running to the source of joy and you'll never truly be satisfied. And that's what James is saying. He's saying, you think joy comes from a source other than God, and that is not the case. Verse three, and even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. Like God isn't gonna answer those prayers. Why? Because you want only what will give you pleasure. You adulterers, like, oh, Pastor Justin, that's harsh. Yeah, I didn't write that. The Holy Spirit did, though. You're like, oh, that's an attention getter. And yes, he wants it. He wants you to feel the tension of that. He, he wants you to hear what he's saying to you. He wants you to, to wake up and say, whoa, okay, okay, this is a big deal. Like, this is important that I get this right. You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you, here's a battle term, an enemy of God. I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. So he says it twice. Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. It, what he's saying is, and I could ask you this morning, new song, most of you know the scriptures well enough to know that God is passionate about you being passionate towards him. That he is passionate about you so much so that he fills you with his Holy Spirit so that you could be a passionately devoted follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is passionate about your passion towards him. And he wants you to surrender. And I'll tell you why in a second. And he gives grace. How does he give it? Generously, verse 6. He gives it generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So humble, or uh, most translations use the word submit, which is a better word. It's rendered better to say submit or to surrender. So humble or submit or surrender yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. And that sentence right there is exactly what we're seeing in America today. That is for Christians, as far as Christians are concerned, their loyalty is divided between God and the world. Where do you stand on that? Loyalty divided between God and the world. I'll just take enough of God. I'll take enough of Jesus to secure my place in heaven. But then I get to do whatever I want to do. And that's scary. Because when you have that frame of mind, I'm going to ask you a question. Is Jesus really the Lord of your life? Is he really the Lord of of your life? Have you actually surrendered to him? Or did you just think, well, if I pray this prayer, I get to go to heaven and I get to live life however I want to. Can I tell you, that is not Christianity. It's not. Christianity means that you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what a disciple is. 
And we're called to be disciples and to make disciples. So if I were not telling you this, I would be an awful pastor. It's the truth. See, we're supposed to be all in, not having a loyalty that's divided between the world and God. Supposed to be fully surrendered, but why don't we? Because surrender introduces fear due to the lack of control concerning the future. Think about this. When you're not in control, you're afraid. One, one, one time I was, um, I, I've, my, my wife tells me all the time that I drive like, and this is no offense, I, I, she says I drive like an old man. So I think that's a compliment. So if you've like offended, well, are you calling me old? I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying what my wife says. You ducked her. Okay. No, don't do that. <laughs> uh, she says, she's like, a lot of times she's saying, well, speed up, speed up. You know what the truth of the matter is? I'm just looking for deer everywhere I go. I'm just looking for... <laughs> All the hunters in the room know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm just looking for deer everywhere. I just drive slow. But one, one time I was in, in this accident, and I've told you this story before where I, I was just was a big um, ice storm in Tulsa, and um, I, about 300 yards before hitting this truck, I, I was just sliding. There was nothing I could do. I was just on a, a, on a sheet of ice, sliding, and I'm honking my horn. I'm trying to turn out of it. I'm trying to to do anything I can not to hit this truck. I'm trying to let him know. And sure enough, I just slide right into the rear end of him. And he's like, yeah, I was wondering what all that honking was about. I'm like, why didn't you move? Well, it turns out the police officer that shows up, he ends up rear-ending my truck. And then an older, an elderly lady um, is driving an old, uh, a Buick. Uh, like one of those, you know, other, the type of Buicks you would want to buy because you could tell she just doesn't drive it very often, and she stores it in a garage. I'm talking like a, a really nice car. She ends up rear-ending the policeman, and then two more policemen show up, and they rear-end the old lady and each other. Okay, so in that moment, it's that, it's that, feeling, of, it's that feeling of helplessness, that being out of control. Isn't that an awful feeling? Where you, when, when you're not in control, you, you just, it's just, you're helpless and you're hopeless and it's an awful feeling. I remember honking my horn like, why aren't you moving, dude? Why aren't you moving? Nothing I could do about it. In fact, I had somebody with me who was not my wife. She was a date, but I, I shouldn't have said that probably. And she said, she said, just stop. You're, you're joking. I said, I am not joking. We're going to hit this guy. And I'm honking. She's like, you're joking. I am not joking. We're going to, I mean, it just felt so helpless. And she thought I was lying. And of course she found out I wasn't lying. We hit the guy. One of the only accidents I've ever been in. And the feeling of helplessness was just terrible. And isn't that why we refuse sometimes to surrender aspects of our life to God? Because that means we won't be in control. We, we have trouble surrendering our finances to God because that means we won't be in control. As if, as if we could do a better job with our finances than God. We, we have trouble surrendering our family to God because it means that we won't be in control as if we can do a better job with our family than God. Over, I could go on and on and on all day. But to surrender... It introduces this fear due to a lack of control concerning the future. Let me say it like this, everybody, that it's actually more stressful to try to maintain control than it is just to surrender. That's what I've learned. 
it's actually more stressful to, to, to play out those scenarios. Well, if I do this, and if I talk to him like this, and if I, if I invest in this, and if I do that or the other, and you're, you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to control, that it's actually more stressful to do that than it is just to surrender to God and say, God, I just release that to you. Like the parent who has a rebellious child, and you, you've tried everything that you can think of to bring them into a relationship with Christ, and it's stressing you out because they're not in one? That it's actually more stressful to try to control them than it is just to surrender, to commit them to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know what to do. And I'm here if you want to use me in their life. But I'm going to surrender this to you. Like, Pastor, I don't know if I can do that. You, you can't afford not to do that. You have to. Why? Because God is a better father. He's a better parent than you are. And he knows how to reach them when you don't. And so the issue with surrender is not just a lack of control, but it's a lack of trust, isn't it? And I'm going to teach you some things that's going to help you today encouraging truths about what happens when we surrender our life to Christ, truly surrender. Romans 6.13 says, don't let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Like nothing, nothing in you. Let, it, let nothing in you do that. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. Total surrender. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. So it's something that we have to do. As Christians, we live lives of surrender. Let me tell you why. Number one, God is always better than what I surrender. That's the first thing you need to know. When it comes to surrender, God is always better than what you surrender. So if you refuse to give up something, I'm telling you, God is better than what you're refusing to give up. In fact, let me go a little bit further than that and say, say this, that the very thing you refuse to give to God is the very thing God will require of you. Because he says, I'll have no other gods before me. If you say, God, I'll give you everything, but I, I will not give you this, God says, that's interesting because that's exactly what I want. I want all of you. Oh. But when you surrender it, you're going to find something that God is so much better. I grew up saying, I'll never go into the ministry. I don't want to be poor and I'm tired of stupid people. Can I tell you something? That God continues, he has, and he continues to bless my socks off. I, I am living the dream. And it doesn't mean that I don't have stressful days. I certainly do. It doesn't mean that I don't cry. And in fact, many of you, I've cried with many of you in this room. Because when you have a bad day, pastors have a bad day. You see, when you're weeping, we're weeping. When you're rejoicing, we're rejoicing. 
Yesterday was a day of celebration. I got to officiate an incredible uh, wedding. That was tons of fun. And then I got to go and spend some time with Larry and Jen who just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. So that was celebratory. When you're celebrating, we're celebrating. But when you're crying, we're crying too. And I wouldn't trade it for the world. And I am so glad that I surrendered to God because look what I would have missed out on. Today alone, we had four people today come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Four people's lives were changed in this very day. Look what I would have missed out on. That's just in one day, everybody. Did you know that well over a thousand people have given their life to Jesus since New Song was started 18 years ago? Over a thousand people. Look what I would have missed out on if I didn't surrender my life to God. Think of the joys that I would not have, have been able to celebrate. If I didn't surrender my life, I'm telling you, God is always better than what you surrender. When God is your everything, you can give him anything. When God is your everything, you'll give him anything. Why? Because he's your everything. The writer is, in the Bible says, God is our all in all. He's supposed to be everything. And when he's your everything, you'll give him anything. The second thing, my surrender releases God's resources. That's what it does. That, that when I surrender what I have, God releases what he has. What does he have for us? The Bible says things that are good and perfect come down from the Father of lights. So when I release what I, what I was refusing to release, and in an act of surrender, in an act of worship, I release that to the Lord, then God all of a sudden releases his resources upon my life. Uh, the book of, of Malachi says that God opens up the windows of heaven and pours out such a blessing that we don't have room enough for it. When we release what's in our hand, God releases what's in his heaven. That's good stuff. So have you surrendered your finances to God? See? Why do we not? Well, because I'm scared. As if God isn't big enough or doesn't promise you to supply your every single need. And can I tell you that Jennifer and I are living proof that God supplies everything and blesses us abundantly more than anything we could ever think or imagine. He's poured his blessings into our life and not only into our lives, but into this family, into this church family. Every year we increase our missions, our missions giving significantly. You know why we do that? Because the Bible says God gives seed to the sower. And when we sow seeds, when we plant in missions and ministries around the world and in this nation and even locally in this community, that God has the ability as we sow that seed to, just to keep blessing us, that way we can just keep sowing more. And every, every, time, every year it just keeps going up and up and up to the glory of our Father. See, my surrender releases God's resources. Let me say it like this, everybody, that God conquers us to bless us. He doesn't conquer us to keep us under his thumb and make us his slaves as if we have to do his bidding and we're going to live a miserable life. No, he conquers us to bless us. Number three, this is what I found out in life as I follow Christ. The more areas of my life that I surrender to God, the more room I create for the filling of his spirit. 
An example of that is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't drink too much wine. You know, the Bible says that drunkenness is a sin. I don't know if you know that or not. But if you, if you live your life, well, I can't wait till Friday. I can't wait to go get drunk. Can I tell you what you're saying is I can't wait to go sin? How many of you know that should not be in the heart of a Christian? I should have gotten a lot more amens than that. So I'm, I'm praying for you. All right. So it says, now this is, again, the Living Bible. It says, don't drink too much wine. For many evils lie along that path. Be filled instead with the Holy Spirit and controlled by him. We're meant to be controlled by him. Remember what it says in James chapter 4. They say that God is passionate. The spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. We should be controlled by him. How, how many of you know that you and I both, we need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? And so when I, when I surrender things in my life to God, what, I, what I'm doing is I'm creating these, these spaces. I'm emptying out these spaces that used to be filled with selfishness or pride or anger or whatever it is, whatever I'm refusing to surrender. When I surrender those things, I'm allowing more room for the Holy Spirit to come in and to fill me up. That's what Ephesians 5 is saying. That you're giving the Spirit of God more room in your life. And the more of the Spirit of God you have in your life, the better. Not only for you, but for your family, for your loved ones, and for this world. I promise you that. I, I, I wrote this down just as a note for me, but I want to share with you that my life is entirely better when the Spirit of God is entirely in control of me. That my life is entirely better when the spirit is entirely in control. Number four, and this is what you're going to hear for several more weeks to come. The level of my surrender will determine the greatness of my life. Let me say it a different way. That a great life is a surrendered life. A surrendered life is your best life every time. The level of my surrender determines the greatness of my life. And what I found to be greatness in my life has nothing to do with me, but it has everything to do with God being glorified in me and through me as I live for the glory of his name. I love this in James chapter four, verse 10, it says, humble or submit or surrender yourselves before the Lord and he'll do what you can't do. He's the one who will actually lift you up. That your greatest life is a life of surrender and a surrendered life is a great life. I'm going to ask you a question this morning. First of all, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? And if you haven't, I'm going to give you a chance to do that this morning. And the second thing is, well, Pastor, what, what am I supposed to surrender? We'll talk about several things, but it, it's interesting because we could talk about a hundred things. There's a hundred things in this room, at least, probably way more than that, that, that we would need to surrender to God as we live a life of surrender. And we're all in different places in our journey. We'll talk about some specific things in the next few weeks, but let me ask you a question. What's the one thing? The, the one thing that's come to your mind, and most of you have it, 
I've heard from back from people all morning long. I knew exactly what it was, Pastor. I knew exactly what it was. What's the one thing? Let me say it a different way. What's the next thing that God wants you to surrender? See, this week as I was preparing for this moment, I knew exactly the next thing that God wants me to surrender. And as soon as I surrender that, by the way, and I, and I have this week, actually. I've already surrendered that to God and have experienced victory in my life, even this past week. Can I tell you that there'll be something else to surrender tomorrow? That for the rest of my life, I just have to choose a life of surrender? But my level of surrender will determine the greatness of my life. And I'm all in. I don't want the loyalty of my life to be divided between the world and my heavenly father, the one who gave me the gift of his son, Jesus. I don't want to have a divided loyalty. I want to live a life of surrender because that surrendered life is my best life. What's that one thing that God is saying, here's the next thing that you need to surrender? Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's lying. Maybe it's greed, selfishness. I could go on and on, but what's that one thing that you know that the Lord is asking you to give up today? And that's what we're going to surrender today. That one thing. Would you stand up with me? Now, today's unique. In a few moments, I'm gonna, I don't want to surprise you with this. In a few moments, I'm going to open up this area around the front so that you can actually just come forward and kneel up here. And, and this is just, you know, an altar is wherever you want it to be. It could be in the chair you're sitting at. It, but there's sometimes, it, some of the most powerful changes in my life have occurred when I went forward and knelt at an altar. In fact, can I tell you the truth? When I was in Bible college, I was a marketing major because I was refusing to go into ministry. And it was at a, at a spiritual emphasis week. I went to a Bible college during a, a spiritual emphasis week where we had special speakers every night of the week. We had church services every night of the week. It was one of those nights that I went, I went forward around the platform and I knelt before God and I said, God, I surrender. I know I'm running for you, from you. I, I know that I'm running towards money because I was tired of being poor and I was running away from people. <laughs> and I said, I, I know I'm not surrendering to you, but I will tonight. And I, I went forward and I knelt at, at a place very similar to this. And that same week I changed my major so that I could go into the ministry. And that's just one time. I've knelt before the Lord countless times. And in a few moments, I'm going to release you to come and just kneel before the Lord and just surrender that one thing. But I'm going to ask a question first. The obvious question is, have you surrendered your life to Jesus? Because that comes first. Would you bow your heads with me? If you've not given your life to Jesus, I'm not going to, I'm not going to embarrass you or call you out. You're just going to raise your hand. I'm going to pray. 
And then if you go to guest services, they're going to have a book there called called Fresh Start that you can just say, hey, I, I want that book that Pastor Justin talked about, Fresh Start, and they'll give it to you. That's all that's going to happen. If you've never surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus Christ and you're ready to do that today, I want you to just raise your hand and hold it high so I can see you. Is there anybody in the service? Okay, I see that. You can put your hands down. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Two more people are coming into the kingdom of God today. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of you. We're going to pray about that first. If you raised your hand, it's not about the words that you say. It's about the heart behind the words. And I'm going to pray a prayer. You could just say in your heart, God, that's me. Or just pray what I pray. Jesus, I believe in you. I know that you're the savior of the world. And I confess that I am a sinner in need of a savior. And I'm calling on you today to forgive me of my sins and to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, today I surrender to you. And I'm trusting you with my heart and my life. Today I'm choosing to be a follower of Christ. And I'm asking you to help me to live the life that you want me to live. Thank you for forgiving me. And I accept you today. I give you all the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Now just stay right where you are. If you pray that prayer, the Bible says you are born again. You're a Christian. And again, I want you to go to guest services and let them know. For the rest of you, what's that one thing? What's that one thing that you need to surrender to the Lord? Lay it at his feet. Don't pick it back up again and just be free in Jesus. As I pray, these altars are open. You can, you can come down and just kneel all morning long. Many people have, have walked down and just said, I, I just want to kneel before the Lord as an act of surrender. And I'm going to invite you to do that right now as I pray. Let's bow our heads again. Heavenly Father, we kneel before you. We humble ourselves before you. We confess that there have been things that we've been withholding, things that we've been refusing to surrender, things that we wanted to release, but we didn't know how. There were things that, that, that we wanted to be in control of because we were fearful. We weren't trusting you. God, I take that one thing and I lay it before you, Lord. I don't want to give in to that thing anymore. That's not who I want to be. I want to be someone who is fully surrendered to you. I don't want to withhold anything from you. I want you to be my all in all. I want you to be my everything. And I hear you calling me 
from it. I hear you calling me to let it go, to lay it down, to be free. And that's what I'm doing right now to the best of my ability. Empowered through your spirit, I let it go. I lay it down. I want all of you, all of your spirit. Today, I surrender. I humble myself before you. I'm asking you to forgive me. And fill me with your spirit so that I could live the life that you've called me to live for the glory of my Savior. I present my life to you to be changed by you. I present myself It's a living act and sacrifice of worship. And I need to be transformed by your spirit and by your power. So I release it. And in its place, I now receive the fullness of your spirit and the fullness of joy and the freedom that you offer in Christ, my Savior. I worship you and I love you. If you're still here praying around the altar, just stay right where you are. Pastor Evan is going to continue to play the keyboards for everybody else. I want to ask you as they continue to pray, and if you want to pray, you can still come up and pray. As you're dismissed, I, I want you just to quietly make your way out to the lobby and just hold all the conversations for out there. Stay as long as you want out there, make some new friends, and just hang out for a little while. But we want to keep, we want to allow people to continue to seek the Lord in this moment. I think it's the fitting thing for us to do. Next week, don't come alone. One invitation can change a life. So make sure you invite somebody to come with you, all right? God bless you guys. I love you more than you know. Have a great day. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life, and we would love to continue on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to mynsc.org connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.